Chapter Eleven of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Eleven: A Mixed Company in Search of Adventure. After Aunt Amanda had stopped reading it was a moment or two before any one spoke if all those things said mr toby thoughtfully could be done in that island i'd be in favor of going there there was a general murmur of assent and mr hanlon nodded his head well went on mr toby we'd better make up our minds what we want to do about it the church warden ain't had his say yet what with all these interruptions and I move we give him a chance to have his say, right now. Speak up, warden. What do you think we ought to do? As I was saying, said the church warden, looking around solemnly, while I don't hold to my own opinion if anybody else can think up something better, still it seems to me. But maybe you'd rather hear from the others first. No, no, cried the whole company, except Mr. Hanlon who shook his head vigorously. "'Well, then, being as you've asked me so particular, and haven't thought about it considerable, as I was saying, it appears to me that the best thing to do would be to—' "'This is only the way it looks to me, you understand, and I ain't speaking for nobody but myself, and I don't pretend that my opinion is worth—' "'By cracky!' cried Mr. Toby, very rudely. "'Ain't you the most maddening old fellow that ever was in the world? "'Come on, now, tell us what to do, and be quick about it. "'Call up the able seaman.' "'This was so unexpected that nobody spoke for a moment. "'Hooray!' cried Toby. "'Now you've said it. "'We'll call up Mr. Lemuel Mizzen. "'Is that his name? "'That's the thing to do. "'Do you all agree to that?' "'Everybody approved, and Mr. Toby turned to Freddy.' He's your man, Freddy, and if you've done it once, I reckon it won't be any harm for you to do it again. Wait a minute. And he ran into the shop, and immediately returned with the Chinaman's head and a churchwarden pipe. Now, then, Freddy, he said, will you do it again? No, sir, said Freddy. I'd rather not. You shouldn't make him do it, said Aunt Amanda. "'Nonsense, Aunt Amanda,' cried Toby. "'He's as bad now as he'll ever be, "'and it ain't a-going to do him no harm. "'I'll fill the pipe.' "'Hit's quite a lark,' said Mr. Punch, laughing heartily. "'Fancy the little beggar smoking a pipe!' "'My dear little friend,' began the sly old fox, "'beaming upon Freddy, "'you must always remember that your elders know best.' "'Here, Freddy,' said Mr. Toby, having filled the pipe sit down here and he pushed freddy gently down upon his accustomed hassock at aunt amanda's feet freddy shook his head but mr toby put the pipe into his mouth and lit a match all the others sat in silence watching freddy intently now then said toby pull away and he touched the lighted match to the pipeful of black tobacco freddy gave a pull and blew out a cloud of smoke. He did not choke this time. He gave another pull, and blew out another cloud, 
the white smoke lay above the heads of the company in a thick mass it grew thicker so that he could not see through it it began to move as if in a high wind he drew on the pipe once more and blew out another cloud of smoke he knew what was coming and in fact the same thing happened that had happened to him before the white cloud churned about with its barber poles and jets of fire coming down closer and closer upon him and in a jiffy he was sitting in mid-air on his hassock and then he felt himself falling falling and as he struck the bottom with the jar he heard very distinctly a knock on the door and he was sitting again on his hassock at aunt amanda's feet in the quiet room with no sign of a cloud anywhere to be seen come in he heard mr toby cry the door opened and in walked mr lemuel mizzen a b as cool as a cucumber he took off his flat blue cap with the black ribbon and made a bow to the company piped me aft again and good evening to you all said he in his hoarse voice lemuel mizzen a b that's me what'll it be all ready for orders skipper it was just half past by the starboard watch and the skipper's sir apples were quietly peeling when i locked up the last of the lemons and scotch and lay on my bed looking up at the ceiling to snatch forty winks as i foolishly reckon but just as i thinks thirty-first thirty-second there's a ring at the bell of the big front door and the mates come and yell that i'm wanted ashore and so i tucks in my cap the eight points of my nap and just before stopping to turn down the lights i runs to the dresser and puts it to rights and then before giving a last look behind i goes to the bed and takes off the spread and lays out the air the three sheets in the wind and here i be concluded the able seaman all ready for orders and he looked very hard at freddy well said aunt amanda gasping i never in my life heard such a i'll tell you what it is mr mizzen said toby it's about correction island on the spanish main aye aye sir said mr mizzen would you like to go there ah said everyone at once except mr hanlon who nodded his head no trouble at all said mr mizzen just step into the sieve and we'll be off a sweet little bark is the sieve provided there's plenty of dippers but we always go well provided is the whole party going one moment if you please said the sly old codger there is one little point on which i that is to say will there be any expense not a penny said mr mizzen everything's found orders from the skipper what he says goes ah said the sly old fox the spanish main with all the little parrots and monkeys flitting about in the branches of the upas trees i think i will join i reckon we're all going said mr toby is everybody agreed all right it's settled and my vote is to go right now while we've got hold of our able seamen here shouldn't i tell mother first asked freddy i'll write her a note in the morning said toby i'll fix it you leave it to me i suppose i really ought to finish this sewing said aunt amanda no time said toby who seemed to be managing everything where's the ship mr mizzen 
"'Made fast to the wharf at the foot of this street,' said Mr. Mizzen. "'Then let's go,' said Toby. He ran out of the room and returned with his white derby hat on his head and his hand-painted necktie neatly in its place. He helped Aunt Amanda to get up and brought her her little black bonnet, which she put on and tied under her chin, and her cashmere shawl, which she put around her shoulders. "'All right,' cried Toby. "'We're off. Come along.' "'We're off to the Spanish main,' said Mr. Mizzen, in his curious sing-song, "'to the wet antipode, but dry or wet we need not fret, "'for we are bold as bold can be. "'And on the way at Botany Bay we'll probably stay a week or two "'to gather ferns as the botanists do, "'and then we'll stop at the door of Spain "'to ask the way to the Spanish main. "'And so without any more delay,' On the Spanish main will all alight, where the starfish shines in the sea all night, and the dog-star barks in the sky all day. Here, Skipper, put this in your pocket, and hold fast to it. He handed Freddy the map, and Freddy put it away safely in his pocket. Have you got the odor of sanctity? said Mr. Toby to the church warden. Right here, said the fat man, tapping his back pocket. "'I'll carry the Chinaman's tobacco,' said Toby. "'We may need it.' And he tucked the Chinaman's head under his arm. In a few moments the whole party were standing on the pavement outside, and Toby locked the shop door behind them. They crossed the street, and as they did so they heard a faint voice hallowing from the top of the church tower, and they could make out that it said, "'Punch! Punch!' But Mr. Punch only sniffed and shrugged his shoulders and made no answer." It was very dark. The gas lamps at the corners only made the darkness gloomier. The only sound they heard, after Mr. Punch's father's voice had died away behind them, was the stump-stump of the old codger's wooden leg on the brick pavement. All the dwelling-houses were closed, and as they came nearer to the wharves, all the warehouses were dark and awful. Not a soul was to be seen except that once they saw the back of a policeman as he disappeared around a dark corner in advance. At the sight of this policeman's back, and in the shadow of a great gloomy building alongside an alley, Freddy slipped his hand into the able seaman's big paw. He wondered if he were doing quite right in leaving home without saying a word to his mother. But Mr. Toby had promised to do whatever was necessary, and anyway, he was going aboard a ship. If he should stop to speak to his mother about going away on a voyage in a ship, he felt, somehow, that he might never go. He could already smell the delicious odor of tarred ropes. Their progress was very slow, on account of Aunt Amanda's lameness. First came Mr. Mizzen, leading the way with Freddy by his side. Next came Aunt Amanda, limping with her cane, and supported on one side by Mr. Toby, and on the other by Mr. Punch. Behind them walked the churchwarden and the sly old fox. And last of all, Mr. Hamlin and the old codger with the wooden leg. They could not see far before them the ghost-like masts and shrouds of ships, looking as if they were growing up from the street among the buildings. And in another moment they found themselves standing in a group on a wide wharf, piled up with bales and boxes, and before them, against the edge of the wharf, where the black water was lapping the piles, stood a tall ship with most of her sails set. Freddy thrilled in every vein of his body. At that moment he did not think of his father or mother. 
he thought of nothing but the smell of brackish water and tarred ropes, and the deck of a ship on the open sea under a cloud of canvas, and the far-away Spanish main. The able seamen led the company of adventurers forward between the bales and boxes, until they stood beside the dark hull of the ship. He turned round and faced them, and touched his cap respectfully. "'Come aboard,' said he. End of chapter 11 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.